something you're grinding on? You're listening to The Grind. 100.9 FM and good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the Party Pub Studios right here on Calderwood in New Midland Plaza as we are grinding it out here on a Tuesday edition. Uh, excited to be here. Again, pretty outside, but it's pretty cool in here, too. Uh, excited to be in the Party Pub and, and really a lot to talk about here as March Madness is, is tonight. We'll get down to the Final Four. We'll find out if anybody outside the state of Texas uh, can play basketball <laughs> as, as Baylor and Houston's already punched their ticket. But, uh, you know, guys, what's up? Uh, welcome in. Uh, you guys had a pretty good week. Jeff uh, McIntyre, Chris Hips. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's been going order of, uh, yeah, there you go. We'll go, we'll go right and then over and then left. <laughs> yeah. Not doing good. Glad to be here. Chris, I, uh, I appreciate you. A uh, big shout out to Mr. Hips. Uh, he was our uh, boots on the ground this past weekend at Tennessee baseball. Uh, he got to see the baseballs, uh, at least two of those games sweep, uh, LSU, uh, got to, had to exit early as lightning kind of separated him from game number two. And then, uh, the daily grind kind of separated him from game number three, but, uh, but man, uh, good coverage. Uh, I was fully informed about what was going on. And if you want to be, uh, check out the grinds Facebook page. Uh, Chris was lighting it up, uh, over the weekend, but man, what would you, how, how did the baseball treat you? Like, uh, again, media centers for, for different sports are different, but, uh, baseball, it's just a, it's a perch. You're high atop, uh, Lindsey Nelson. Well, I mean, it was a great, uh, place to be and luckily for me i was underneath like the overhang so that was good during the uh, rainy point the saturday's game um i kind of had a nice little view of the uh people's in front of me jumping up and down half the time when the balls were scoring but for the yeah. most, you know but the excitement was there i mean it's, it, it's, it's electric a, exactly and, and you know since baseball they're just they're just a a fun team to watch you know they're they're on our headline section uh this week for a reason and uh and we'll jump right into it uh, it, you know, again, as, as we kind of, the, the party pub is kind of the, the premier sponsor, right? They, they bring us here every week. Uh, again, they feed us most weeks. Uh, and, uh, of course we just enjoy being here. Uh, but, uh, also we got some other sponsors that we want to say thank you to, uh, mortgage investors group, Donna cry and her team there in Maryville. Uh, you can give them a call eight, six, five, nine, eight, four, 99, 48. They can ha- help you with uh, conventional loans, FHA, VA, THDA, and any other acronym for a loan you can come up with. Uh, Tressa Leakwire with Realty Executives, an honest inte- with integrity and wants to work for you for you. Scratch that. Just erase all you of that. Get it. But uh, from the kitchen table to the closing table, that's Tressa's uh, slogan. And uh, she'll meet you anywhere in between. Uh, the, the booming Maryville uh, real estate market is, uh, is what she kind of thrives in. And she can help you uh, get in or get out of it. Uh, whether whatever your uh, your prowess is, but you can give her a call eight six five two two one fifty six ten or check her out. Give her an email uh, tressa thirty five at gmail dot com. Smoky Mountain Axe House just down the street here in Midland. Uh, they're also on board. They give they help us with our giveaways. They've got Brothers Brim Beard Products, Smoky Mountain Beef Jerky Company, as well as Smoky Mountain Axe House. They're in our 
swag pack that we'll give away at the end of the show tonight. But check them out online, SmokyMountainAxe.com, or check them out on Facebook, Tim Fry, uh, veteran-owned and operated, and also a big member of Mission 22. And then J&J Lawn Services, residential and commercial there in the Lakeway area of Morristown, Jefferson City. Uh, J&J Lawn Services, Inc. at gmail.com. My buddy James Butler can do uh, mulching, leave removal, aerating, whatever the, the season brings you. Uh, he can do it and make it work for you. So give him a call, 423-231-9955. So, again, guys, had to pay the bills, but uh, back to sports. As we'll jump into the headline section, again, headlines brought to you by uh, Mortgage Investors Group, Donna Cry and her team there in Maryville. Uh, but baseball, so we'll kind of go back to them. Uh, follow up the, the series victory against the Georgia Bulldogs with a sweep of, of LSU. And, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, cool, is LSU really that good? Well, Tennessee hadn't. I don't think they had won a series against LSU since, what, 08? Yeah, it's it, been a while. It had been a very long time, and they hadn't won many games uh, against against LSU, period. And so for the fact that they won a game is good. The fact that they won the series, <laughs> great. Uh, the fact that they swept the Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, the number 15 team in the country, I think that speaks volumes for for Tony Vitello and company and what this Tennessee baseball team looked like. Like I said, uh, you know, the excitement was there, the electric, uh, the crowd. It really helped uh, the momentum of the game. And, I mean, unless you watch college basketball, that LSU lineup is actually very potent. They have uh, four players that were considered top five round worthy picks. And their uh, pitching staff, I think the guy that went Saturday, uh, Mills, Mills, I think it was his last name, big guy, can hit the radar gun 98, like I think 20 times in a row. I mean, it's just fastball, fastball, fastball. <laughs> And you know, like I said, with the uh, second round or the second lineup coming through, I mean, they just teed off on that fastball. And uh, Mr. Evan Russell had a field day. I think he ended up with three home runs in that one game. Wow. Yeah. We we'll call him Colonel Dinger now. It's only the fifth <laughs> fifth uh, ball in history to hit three homers in a game. You know, tell me the other four. I don't know. I was like, I was like, <laughs> if he's got it, like he's winner, winner, chicken dinner, but. I'll tell you this, what, what Tony Vitello has brought to Tennessee baseball, you know, because Tennessee baseball, you look at it, it's had uh, Todd Helton, it's had Condrich Holloway, uh, it's had a couple nice pieces, Luke Hochaver, uh, other pieces re- re- recently. What, what's the, Jan Solaire. Gomes? Yeah, Solaire that was the top three pick, and then there. And then we had, uh, um, uh, what was his name, uh, Nick Senzel. Nick yeah. Senzel plays for the Cincinnati Reds, right fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. Um a lot of great players has kind of come out of Tennessee baseball, but as a as a program, as a as a as a I guess a yeah as a program, it's not necessarily uh, been a perennial power in a, in the Southeastern Conference. That's kind of dog eat dog. You lost me at Todd Helton, so. but you knew who Todd Helton was. I knew who Todd Helton was. If you didn't, he's right here. R. A. <laughs> Dickey's right here. But uh, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those deals where where they've they've developed talent. They've put guys in the league, but in baseball. Just because you you get drafted doesn't mean you're a big league player. You may go to single A, double A, have an injury, yep. and then you never make it to the show. And so, so anyway, I say all that to say this: what Tony Vitello's done is is the Southeastern Conference is is a smoking division. If you look at the top ten in in, in the nation, I want to say what seven seven of the top tens out of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, six of them they were five consecutive, and then uh, there's top five were all right. SEC. And then I think there's like nine in the top twenty five. I mean, of course, LSU may may fall a little bit, but again, that's going to be a quality win if Tennessee continue or quality loss if Tennessee continues to play strong. But but you know, I think ten, Tony Vitello, what I'm saying is is like what Chris said. The second time through the lineup, 
That's why people are on pitch counts. That's why things work out. Well, Tennessee baseball in the past, I mean, there was guys that came into Knoxville and threw complete games against the Vols because it just we couldn't pick it up. We didn't have the personnel. We weren't coached to the point to where we could do that. Honestly, like Chris said, you may get through the first couple innings, and you you may you may hold us out. But the second time through the inning, we're going to put some people in play. Oh yeah. The third time through the lineup, you better be getting guy out of there. Guys don't make it past the fourth or fifth inning against this Tennessee team, and that's guys like Evan Russell. That's guys like uh, Jake Rucker. That's all these guys uh, really just uh, just putting the stick on the baseball and saying, you're going to have to outrun us. And in baseball, if you have good pitching, which Tennessee does at, at least in the first couple of nights, and then I think Hunley's been a really good closer there uh, on Sundays uh, to be able to do some things. But uh, just just a really potent baseball team, and I, I'm just excited. You know, I don't think they're going to go through SEC play and win every series and win every game, but I think uh, there's been many years where Tennessee starts 0-6 in conference play. Sure. They start like 2-8 and out of the first 10 games, and so the fact that they, they're they 5 out of 6 in their first 6 games, uh, you, you better get the checkbook out. Tony Vitello's worth it. Well, and that should give them some confidence, too. Moving forward. Well, I thought, who was it? Uh, you, you may be able to help me, Chris. Uh, one of the players uh, I was listening to, so so post-game press conferences now are Zoom. Chris was there, but they send me an email, and I get to watch Coach Botello's post-game uh, via Zoom, and which is kind of interesting uh, because if I, if I wasn't eating dinner at the time, I might have asked him a question. But uh, one of the players said, they said, uh, they said the difference, you know, they're asking, what's the difference in a couple years ago and now? Because last year was cut short. Uh, so, so really, two years ago was the last good swing at things, no pun intended, that Tennessee baseball had. And he said a couple of years ago when LSU came to town, they were like starstruck a little bit. This is paraphrasing, but they said, oh, we're playing LSU. LSU's coming to town. And they said, this weekend, we're playing LSU. It's no big deal. We're playing LSU. And, and I, I think there's a, there's a mental side to that. You know, you talked about giving them confidence. Yeah. But when you're when you're a ball player and you look up at your opponent, it's hard to beat them. And so I think That's when true. you're when you're that. when you're on a level playing field and you you feel like you're just as good as the other dugout, there's a there's a there's a big uh, there's a big place there. Well, I mean, I'm just impressed because you're talking about you know LSU. They had eight seniors, I think, on their starting lineup on the second day, or seven seniors. Oh wow! I mean, you look at like uh, the Tennessee roster, Drew Gilbert. Uh, Ferguson, hey, he's ben, a stud too, right? Russell, all of them are sophomores or juniors. There's a lot of youth on this Tennessee team. The uh, pitcher that started uh, Sunday is a red or a, just a regular freshman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went out there. So is he a out. COVID freshman or is he a standard? He's, <laughs> he's, he's a just came yeah, out of high school, friend. like no facial hair freshman that started. Oh, like should have been at prom. Like, <laughs> yeah, should have probably just went to prom, you know, because of COVID like well. last week. But you know, he. He was just incredible in that game Sunday. I, I was trying to watch it, you know, at work, you know, <laughs> on my breaks, on Twitter account. Yeah, I was going to say, know. on break only. Yeah, on break only. <laughs> but, you know, I was trying to watch it, and I think he was at, like, six strikeouts through five innings. Wow, and he, that's awesome. As a freshman, going up against a lineup, like I said, of LSU, I mean, that's just incredible in itself to have that kind of nerves. So, so being a Tennessee fan, you know, uh, it, it, it really the hierarchy for me, and, and I'm not saying that Tennessee fans should be this way. If you're a baseball guy, I love Tennessee baseball, number one. But to me, it's Tennessee football. Live by it, die by it. If we lose, don't talk to me till Sunday. It's 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 a long evening, okay? Tennessee basketball. I'm like, I really want us to do well, and it's frustrating when we should win and we don't. But I move on with it. Uh, Tennessee baseball. It's like I really just want us to play well, and then what happens happens. 
but I'll tell you, Tennessee baseball, the way they, they went through uh, Sunday, closing out game two in really walk-off fashion and then walking off the game three, to me, that's a, that's kind of crushing the wheel. Like yeah. that's a that's a baseball team that's 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 going to be fun to watch for for some time. But uh, what, so, what do you got there? No, I was looking at the roster, and on their entire roster, there's only four seniors. I mean, that's that's some now. Now, granted, in baseball, there's no there's no next year. It's not once you come yeah. to college, you you got to stay three. But again, some of these guys, yes, they're good ball players, but they could use the development. So I think I think what they've got is yeah, is a future full of uh, yeah. of good talent there. Late Tedwell, that's the guy. Another guy to yeah, the keep an eye on. The pitcher, they said he was a top talent coming out of high school, out of Texas. Like he better be. Like with a name like Tedwell, you better just be. Like, it has a baseball ring to it. Yeah. You, what was the the kid's name on the Jerry Maguire? What was it? I'm not sure myself. Come on, you guys know. Uh, show me the money. Yeah, but I. To be continued, to be continued. But let's let's jump out of that one as a, I make a Jerry Maguire reference to <laughs> crickets. But uh, but anyway, um, moving on down the, uh, the the headlines. Shaka Smart leaves Texas. Bombshell out of Austin. He's out at at Texas as the head basketball coach. And where's he going? The big metropolis of Marquette. Um, not sure I saw that coming. What do you guys think? Marquette, huh? Yeah, like Big M, little kid. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, blows me away. Like uh, I think there's there's a lot to be said there. I, I think uh, it, it's it's odd to me, Chris. And, and the reason I say that is okay. So you, face value, you're like you're at Texas, and that's a huge athletic program, and you got all the money, and you got all the facilities, and you got all this. But to me, I think Shaka Smart was at VCU where he was king of the mountain. He goes to Texas, and at best, he's going to be number two to the football coach. And he said, listen, I just won my conference tournament. I can reset the clock at Marquette. Let's get let's get to moving. And I, th- I think he did that. Yeah, and, and again, kind of to your point, too, Marquette is not really known for anything. I, the only thing that comes to my mind is basketball. I think they got a heck of a chess team. I really do. <laughs> Ooh, no idea. Second fiddle to the chess team? Maybe. Uh, they made it to the Sweet 16 last year. So where's he going to go now? I don't know. I'm like, Bad that's man. complete. Bad are, man. They, are they killer at Badminton? <laughs> Well, I mean, for Shaka, I mean, he went home. He was from Madison, Wisconsin, which is about an hour away from Marquette. I'm going to tell you, I was yesterday days old when I figured that out. I had <laughs> so no was, idea where Marquette That's the reason was. he's telling everybody he went back home. I thought Marquette was I thought it was the Upper Northeast team. I did. I really up there. But really, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Or at least that's what the power so That's why them. they're blue and yellow. Yellow for the cheese. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but... Something like that. That's his reasoning. He wanted to go home. It was the perfect opportunity. This was the second time Marquette actually made a run for him last time. At VCU. At VCU. Are you, are you buying it? Texas uh, offered more money. I guess he got the money and he's ready to run home. Are you, uh, I mean, are you buying that? I mean, I, I look at it this way. If you look at the competition Marquette has and the competition that Texas has, I oh. would say Marquette has a little bit easier route to get to the Are they in the Big East? Yeah. They're in the Big East and you look at what um the Big Twelve just did. I mean, you have Baylor, you have Texas Tech, you have Oklahoma State. That's when just three you, teams that's in the tournament that just made it to what almost a Sweet Sixteen. I well, think. and you've got Oklahoma now. Granted, their coach just retired after like forty something years yeah. of coaching, but even them, Oklahoma is a team that that they're good enough to beat you if they play their best basketball. So no, I think he's he's resetting the clock. He's going home. He's probably not. He didn't lose a lot of money, I would think. 
I would think they probably matched dollar for dollar in a, in a lot of ways, maybe gave him more years. But uh, I think that's uh, maybe a better fit for Shaka Smart. Honestly, when he he's he's very much um, I'm trying to think of just poor fits. Doesn't I, I, well, I'm trying to think of poor fits, not Tennessee football. I know what y'all are thinking. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, it, it's one of those deals where you're like, I don't know that this works. This looks funny. And when Chaka Smart went to Texas, it kind of looked funny. He went from a mid-major to Austin, Texas, the Longhorns, Hook'em, all that stuff that they do. And I'm just like, I don't know that that's – like, I, I don't know. I just saw Chaka Smart being in a Marquette. I saw him being at a at a, at a Butler or something like that to where it's a basketball school that's going to make a run in the tournament. And he's finally made that jump. So I, I don't know that – and Texas fans – are going to love this. So if there's any out there, I apologize for this next comment. But I think I think Texas was a pit stop for him to get a job like he wanted. I can see that. I really do. It, it it's like you said. It it was a weird fit. It didn't seem right. Well, it's out of his recruiting prowess. It's you out of all the side. You don't look at Texas and go, "That's a basketball school." And he's zero for six in the NCAA tournament. Less than ideal. He did win a conference championship first in yeah. Texas history. So that's where I, I think he, uh, he he went with his uh, hot hand, if you will. And uh, his stock was pretty high right then. Uh, next on the, the, the headline side of things, Indiana gets themselves an NBA coach, not Brad Stevens from the Celtics. Uh, Indiana, the Hoosiers, the, the – I don't know. Would you say self-proclaimed blue blood or would you still consider Indiana a blue blood? Uh, I feel like when you've been 30 years from being good, you're not outside of the movie. Uh, yeah, you take Gene Hackman away. <laughs> like, it just changes things. I, I, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of history with Indiana. Indiana basketball is kind of like the Tennessee Vols of football. Oh, it's been a while for him. I put you on camera one time, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's got Joe. I mean, he's look, wearing look, I'm wearing orange. I'm just being an honest. Hey, you can't do that. That's like an like you can't wear orange and be honest. Like that doesn't work. But uh, I don't know. I, I think they 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 get uh, what is it? Mike Woodson uh, yeah. get him from the NBA. He's a he's a former head coach in the NBA, but now he was an assistant with the Knicks. Uh, he's a, he's an Indiana guy. Uh, a lot of people's like ah, they're missing on on a lot of different people. They're swinging heavy trying to get these big names and can't get them. To me. Sometimes it's like the, the, the song says, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Well, Mike Woodson wants to be at Indiana. And and I've always been a proponent. Those guys work harder uh, than, than guys that, uh, like a Shaka Smart at Texas. He was at Texas because Texas paid the bill. He wasn't at Texas because he loved Texas. I think right. Woodson's going to be at Indiana because he loves Indiana. Now From Indianapolis, and he yeah. played for Indiana from 76 to 80. The you good know, times. You know the good coach was? Nice. Bobby Knight. Bobby oh. Knight. Old chair thrower himself. <laughs> I was the first thing that came to my head was on Chuck. Did you say Gene? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's the memory. But uh yeah, we'll see. I, I think ultimately he's gonna have to get some recruiters around him, but I, I think it's it's not a terrible fit. Like to me, no. um you're not gonna get a Brad Stevens away from the Celtics. I, I don't know what's more interesting to me, the fact that they got Mike Woodson away from the NBA. That he was interested after I think twenty plus years in the NBA to make a college jump and try to make it fit, or the fact that they thought they'd get Brad Stevens away from the Celtics. <laughs> well, you know, Boston's having characteristically one of their worst seasons. I mean, they are like the fifth seed in the East, but 
Uh, yeah, but that's Brad Stevens yeah. basketball. I mean, even at Butler, it was like he was there in the tournament. But I would say he wasn't necessarily the most stellar regular season I'm surprised they didn't go after somebody like Billy Donovan. What's he doing now? He's a coach in the NBA still, right? He's not with OKC. No, I don't think he's with OKC, but I thought he went to Chicago or something. Who knows? Not me. Who knows? Honestly, once he left Gainesville, he was dead. <laughs> well, he was dead to me when he was there. But but uh, anyway, um, I'll say this. It's it's hard for me to follow NBA, but even I knew yeah, that Chicago, Brad Stevens. Chicago Bulls. I was correct. Oh. I was taking a guess myself. Shouldn't do that. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. Well, when you make comments like Tennessee Mons. <laughs> uh, but anyway, who knows? Uh, Mike Woodson, the new coach at Indiana. Uh, the next one, uh, NFL trades. Uh Talk about the Dolphins and the Niners. That was a biggie. We uh, we we talked about it there on the Daily Grind there the other day, and and it's the jockeying moves of the Dolphins. Did they get better? Did they get worse? Are they going to have opportunities to get who they want? To me, I don't think it matters. I think they keep adding first round picks. I think yeah. they're they're pretty smart in the front office if they do anything with it. That that's huge, especially in this draft when there's just so much talent out there too. Speaking of draft. Did you guys see Justin Fields' 40 time today? 4-4-4? Four, four, four? Yeah, trip fours. Yeah. I mean, that slid him right up. I, I think if there was any question whether Wilson or uh, the kid from uh, North Dakota State or whatever was going to slide up, running a four four forty with guys like Lamar, Lamar Jackson in the league, Deshaun Watson, if he gets back in the league, uh, all the pieces that that could look like, um, you, need, you need speed at the quarterback position. Talk about Kyler Murray, those guys. Uh, did he did he just move himself into to possibly the second quarterback taken in the draft? Well, I'll go ahead I don't and know. say yes. May, well, maybe, Zach yeah. Wilson. I mean, he looked good in his pro day. So, somebody's probably going to say, Ooh, "Look at what he did. We're going to draft him. Do we need a quarterback? Not really, but we're going to draft him." Is it, isn't the Jets too? Yeah. So they've got Sam Darnold. There's been a lot of talks. They're trying to trade him. And go for Zach Wilson. And I hate that because I don't feel like he's really ever got a fair shake up there. Tell me the last, like talking about fair shakes, tell me the last Jet quarterback that did get a fair shake. None. Geno Smith? No. Mark Sanchez. Because they used him way Uh, wrong. Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez didn't even get a fair shake on draft night. He didn't even butt fumble shake that good. I feel like, though, that was the bookends right there. Draft night's terrible, then butt fumbles. I think the Dolphins were smart, though, with what they did. They they didn't need a third pick. They are saying two is their guy. Mm-hmm. So they dropped back to 12, then turned around traded Get 12 to back to six. So they're wanting to go after Devontae Smith. Then they still have the 18th pick, and there's been a lot of talk where they go for somebody like Najee Harris. They put Harris, Tua, and, Who's uh, the running back right now? Together. And then you draft Saban, and he goes <laughs> back to Miami, and it retry again. And it's, it's Groundhog's a, Day. Yeah, uh, he's got all the family together. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, who's who's, who's the running back down there? Is it Drake? Um, it's not Kenny no, Drake. He, he was at uh, at Arizona. Who were the Cardinals? Well, I, I'll tell you, Najee Harris is the still of the draft, and I and, and I don't look much out of the Southeastern Conference. Because I've told you guys before, the mileage that that kid still has left on on running back legs is is amazing in my book. But uh, yeah, he I, is going to be a steal. But I think it's amazing the fact that the Dolphins, honestly, they're they're slowly building something down there. They've got to uh, they've got some nice pieces. If they get Devontae Smith, and then we're able to put a couple more pieces together, their offensive line is is pretty stacked. Yeah, 
I mean, they're, they got a good team. They went, what, 10 and 6 just last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't. And and that's with two. It wasn't two injured for several games. So, I mean, I think. them into like half the season, I think, was it? Oh, yeah. Fitzmagic got hurt. Back and forth. You know, that's going to be a thing. But what about, you know, the Eagles? Eagles racked up a bunch of picks, too, in that mm-hmm. trade. I mean. I think yeah. I read they had 21 draft Jack picks. Jacksonville's got a bunch too. Yeah, they're about to they're about to set the record for how to waste that many picks. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I thought Urban Meyer, you know, he, he's been mentioned a couple times this week talking about Trevor Lawrence. Like that's it's a foregone conclusion. That's his guy. So Miles Gaskin is the running back. Oh, yeah, for he the did. Dolphins. He was pretty good last year on fantasy wise. Uh, yeah. So Najee Harris, just pencil him in there. <laughs> or, you know, ATN wouldn't be bad. Well, I'll tell you, the the running backs will go the way the draft goes. Uh, it would surprise me a lot if it, if a running back goes in the top two rounds. Uh, if if it is, it's probably going to be Najee Harris. But Travis Etienne, uh, yeah, he's a still late if he's still there, too. Well, the report I read yesterday went with all that was, you know, the big issue with the Miami uh, upper management is they were all on Alabama's pro day. They were all on LSU's pro day and they were all at Florida's pro day. They had like multiple four, three to four people at each one of them. So that's why a lot of people are leaning toward Smith, Najee Harris, uh, Kyle Pitts is high on the radar. They said, you know, to get a big tight end. It just be Kyle Pitts is, is pretty amazing, but I've heard he's been sliding down draft boards yeah. pretty, pretty heavy here lately. Jamar I'm not really Cage. sure why. LSU. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I like Waddle. I think Waddle, you know, if he, if he can get back to that injury he had, you know, I think I've he seen a lot of top uh, receivers. I've seen him going first round after Devonta Smith. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get pulled up uh, the next topic here. Uh, as, as I try to get this pulled up, guys, uh, another thing that uh, happened over this weekend or actually finished up yesterday uh, was Bristol on dirt. Did you guys, did you guys see that? I loved it. Or did you kind of see it? Because it was a little dusty so, on TV. It was kind of hard. I watched some of the practice uh, replays, and then I got real excited for the trucks. Um, my mom and dad and my family, they, they'll probably all tell you, I was Saturday, I was stoked. I'm like, hey, we can get FS1, right? We can get FS1, right? <laughs> and then sure. the dad was like, let's go back to the basketball game. I was like, yeah, cool, because they're not doing anything right now anyways. And then we'd flip back, and then they were scraping mud off the windshield. It was like, they're getting ready, they're getting ready. And then they blacked or red flagged it. And I'm like, well, okay. what? But why? Why? Didn't I call it last week when I said uh, Joey Logano? <sighs> hey, look, he gets one right. <laughs> no, yeah. but you did. You you liked old white bread. That's what I call it. <laughs> That's what I call it. It just but, always seems to be toward the front. So I just went with, you know, I was say, a bad man. I put my money on the horse that's at the front. And I will said, say, you didn't have any experience on the dirt either, did you? Now, he had more than, uh, than old, uh, uh, Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez was hilarious because when you were like, so so here's the here's the skinny. I go to Bristol. The whole reason, so Chris is, is at Tennessee baseball for, for a lot of reasons, but the Saturday game was because I was at Bristol. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to get to see, you know, trucks on dirt. I'm going to watch these heat, these heat races to qualify for Sunday's race. It's going to be really cool. Get to come home and then actually watch the race in the comfort of my own home. It was raining like a lot. So I, I pick up my buddy Skeeter from Thornhill, which hopefully will call in here in the second half. But uh, uh, And I pick him up in, in Jeff City. Yeah, he's from Thornhill, lives in Jefferson City. Long story. But um, – we're moving right along, and all of a sudden, tink, 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 and I'm looking. I'm like, that's some hard rain, and it starts hailing. 
Ooh. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't want my Jeep looking like a golf ball, so I drive faster, get out in front of it. So, And I do. Like, I get ahead of it, and the, the hail never catches it. It must have, it must have fizzled. It must have fizzled out somewhere around green. But so I get down there and I'm like, okay, good. Just rain, rain, rain. Get it out of your system, and then we'll do this thing in the afternoon. So we get there. It's raining. It's pouring. So we're going through the uh, the I call it non-official tents. You know what I'm saying? The outside mm-hmm. yeah. tents, which are like my favorite, because you can tell like all the stuff closest to the door was there like four years ago, and nobody bought it because it's a little fade more faded than the stuff in the back. But so I'm going through, I'm doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden I hear like wind just goes through the whole, the whole thing. And I'm like, you ever know that you wind, get that feel there's that wind that's yep. different than wind blowing and wind that's coming from a storm. And so cause I look around and I look outside and it's like black, like it's, it's dark out there and it's like 2 PM. So I'm like, uh Oh, I said, let's get back to the Jeep. And so anyway, as we're headed back to the Jeep, wind catches a tent and literally like peels it back like a can. And I'm like, yep, good idea. Get back to the Jeep. So we get there. It monsoons for 20, 30 minutes. And then we get out. And then we're we're doing all the, the same stuff. We go to the official trailers, uh, which BT Dubs, uh, Chevy Racing, and Chase Elliott's trailers were like slammed. Everybody else was just kind of. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, good stuff. Uh, I looked over the crowd, saw that everything was at least $35 and just kind of kept on going. But uh, you know but anyway, pinks were on your car. Those little sensor balls, you know, that they put up in the tornadoes. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that that washing machine that they sent up in the movie <laughs> Twister? Laurel loved that. Uh, That's like her Dorothy, favorite movie. Dorothy. Yeah. Dorothy. Yeah, the little, movie. You just you just uh, gained a lot of credit with Laura. Uh, she, <laughs> I'm sure she's listening. Uh, every time that movie's on, uh, if I, it, I get I a lot of credit when I turn movie. it on. Uh, <laughs> old Bill Paxton and. Uh, <laughs> Is it Jody That's Foster? That's all the Helen Hunt. You didn't know you were driving through a tornado. I might have been. I should have stopped. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, we get in there. We and, got cows. And, and, and we're in there, right? And I look around. And, and of course, it's dirt and, and dusty and all that. And I'm like, we're about halfway up the grandstand. And I'm like, it's up here with us. <laughs> like, there's dirt everywhere. Oh, And I'm just sitting here going. I'm like, they're going to be pressure washing for six months after this. Just thinking about Bruton Smith going, just keep going. Say you, must go to, you must not go to your local tracks that often. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I do, but I mean, you're kind of on it there. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, as a stone, probably 60, <laughs> 80 feet away and up. I don't know. I just felt like with the rain, I would have got a lot of water. It was the, uh, I'm to to hope for rain. It was the, uh, Feel, make you feel like you were actually in the race. Well, it made it a lot easier because there was nowhere that you were going to sit to not get it on you. So you just sit anywhere. You just lay down in it. It's fine. But um, but but I enjoyed it. We're there, and they're they've got those Packard cars, which are basically like old cop cars that have just been spray painted and turned into to to just runarounds. And so we're watching it, and I'm like, all right, we're about to get it going. They get the trucks out. They pace for maybe two laps, and I can already tell that like just pacing around through there. Their grills are like caked up, and I'm like, it's going to be interesting. One to see who blows up first, but two to see if they can actually do this thing. They rip it loose for about a, a lap and a half on on even. I think it wasn't even a heat race. I think they were just getting some practice in, and they stop. And I'm like, who who got loose? Who wrecked? <laughs> and I look up, and I want to say it was Kevin Harvick's truck, 
but it had at least two inches of mud on the windshield. And they're they're with that, you know, the long arm ice scraper to where you can get the whole windshield from one side. I'd say it was probably drying just as fast as it was hitting the windshield. It, it was just like it was just like wet dough. They just pushed it and it was like <laughs> right across that windshield and and uh from that point, I went, it's going to be hard for this thing to get going. Well, then they're they're trying to clean them off. They're trying to do things, and tick, 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 here come the rain. We go out Which in the clean the truck so they can drive. Yeah, so we go out in the concourse, and quickly, I think uh, they, they looked at the weather. They made a choice, and uh, they canceled the heat races, the qualifying races, and the truck race for Saturday, pushed it out to Sunday, and that was the end of my day. But uh I'll tell you, it was it was an interesting experience just because, one, you had NASCAR, which I was exposed to and understood what that looked like. And, yeah, I had been to some local dirt races. But, again, more of the – I went on good weekends. I went on dry weekends to where you might get dusty, but you don't have mud in the stand. Yeah. But uh, – and then I got – I actually bought – I actually bought a $25 uh, jar of dirt. Yeah, ain't that something? Yeah, I know. I, you know, come on, man. Yeah, I know, right? But here's the deal: they you were give, they neck. were selling it. I could, I probably could. It's in a mason jar. All right, go with it. Yeah, go with it. It's it's a jar of dirt, but it's from the it's the 60th anniversary of of NASCAR on dirt and the return to dirt. And then it went to children like Speedway Kids Fund, whatever. You should have so, took it up to Jay Daly and said, "Like, will you spit in this for me?" And then put the lid back on it. Like, you think that'd be the only thing I'd ask him if I got that close, though, <laughs> yes. for real? I was trying to figure out fine dirt. <laughs> I am justifying it because it it's went to Speedway's children. Memory fun. dirt. Memory dirt. It's really the sticker. I could have put any dirt in it. And I might put extra dirt in it. <laughs> I hope I'm around when you, you get to that story with your grandkids later on in life. Or... It's going to be way better than I just told it. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I bought this dirt. I'll be like, what happened was I scraped this off Chase Elliott's windshield <laughs> and put it in there myself with my with my pocket while, while the race was going on. Yeah. Well, I wasn't paying attention. They were watching the race. I snuck in. And, and right as I put the dirt. And right as I put the lid on, he high fived me as he was going to victory lane. But it doesn't say he won it here. Well, that's your story. It's not my story. That's your story. You weren't <laughs> there, were you? Anyway. Anyway. I like how y'all buzz killed me on the, the buying the dirt. But I felt like <laughs> twenty five so cool. twenty five dollars went to some children somewhere. That will there benefit from line. that. Hey, I mean, it's a unique item. Uh, you could just got a T-shirt, you know, that probably right. just hang up in your closet. This is something you can sit in your man room. and It's there. It, yeah. It's going to probably be a piece that people come in your man room and be like, hey, you got a jar of dirt, and they'll talk to you about it. And now you got your story to go along with it. I thought about it, you know, every couple of years, you know, sprinkling a little water in there and just because it was raining when I was there just to make it look <laughs> – my memory will stay the same. I don't know. This is what it looked like when I bought you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've aged so well. But uh, anyway, it's a mason jar, but not what's uh, in it is what normally is in mason jars. But uh, but anyway, guys, uh, we have been delivered some food. We're going to partake in that here at the first break. We, again, this first segment brought to you by Donna Cry, Mortgage Investors Group here in Maryville. Uh, give them a call. Check them out if you're in that process, 865-984-9948. But let's take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, uh, we're going to jump in. We're going to jump into March Madness for segment two and three. Last week when we left, we're trying to get to 16. Tonight, we will find out who's in the final four. Two teams already punched their ticket, and two more will do so here tonight. Let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Grind live from the party boat. Come out, hang out with us, but uh, we'll be back in just a minute.
Are you looking for a place to unwind and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Then slide on over to the Party Pub at their brand new location in New Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The Party Pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends, watch that big time fight, and catch that big orange game on one of the pub's 12 big time TVs. The Party Pub's kitchen also has a jam-packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings, and believe me, it's all great-tasting food. Call-ins are welcome. Kitchen opens each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time and can't wait to see you. Again, check out their new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blunt County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tristan Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tristan Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tristan Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tristan Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. The Grind on Sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the Grind Time Hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. From Blunt County to all of Knoxville, this is WKVL 850 AM and 100.9 FM Maryville, Rocky Top Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple Podcasts and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the grind on sports.com that's the grind on sports The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maryville is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group. 
where home ownership dreams become a reality. Do you want to hear your business mentioned on this show? We can make that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's Wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's Wayne at thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the Party Pub Studios right here at the New Midland Plaza where we are grinding it out here on a Super Tuesday edition uh, right here on the grind. Myself alongside Jeff McIntyre, Chris Hips, uh, again on our normal Tuesday kind of deal. We're uh, we're here at the Party Pub, excited to uh, be here. Actually, we're able to partake in a little Party Pub uh, grub there during the break. Uh, again, I was uh, privy uh, to the sampler, had uh, cheese sticks, onion rings, uh, chicken tenders, and jalapeno poppers. Uh, some more that I'll enjoy at the next break, but uh, fantastic. Again, great food here at the Party Pub. If you if you haven't been to the pub in general, just come on out. But uh, if, you, if you need some good food, you can call that in as well. Uh, check them out. Let me get that number. It is 865-984-4251. Jeff, you, uh, you devoured what you got. What did you get? I had the bonus one. With the teriyaki, it was awesome. Teriyaki, it was great, good stuff. And then Chris put an order in. What do you What do you got going? I went the wings as well. Bone in, boneless. Boneless, less the bones. See, I'm. Are you are you are you traditionally a, a boneless guy, or are you a bone in kind of person? About nine times out of ten, I'll go boneless. But if like the setting is good, yeah, then I'll do bone in. Like, and I'm talking like beer. Made to be messy. Yeah. So mine's all, mine's all about kid presence. So if Jackson and Nealon are, are there, and, and I potentially could have to, you know, have some evasive maneuvers should one of them, you know, kind of run away, choke, yeah, whatever, I don't want to necessarily be all sauced up. But now if it's, you know, Laura and I on a date night or something, I'll flag. I, I like the bone-in just for flavor purposes. I'm going to say I'm a bone-in guy when I'm on that side of the camera. But since <laughs> I got to be on this side of the day, I thought I'd go with the uh, more uh, – Conventional, easy version of the yeah, bone. True that. I understand that. But uh, speaking of good food, uh, again, uh, the Party Pub has great food, and you can come out, check us out, check the food out, all in one stop shop on a Tuesday. But if uh, if uh, you, you like a little Applebee's, come on down to the Party Pub, drop a ticket in this bucket to my left over here, and uh, at six o'clock we're going to draw out uh, for a chance to win a twenty five dollar Applebee's gift card so again uh you can uh, you can either eat here or you can eat uh, later in the week at, at applebee's should you win that giveaway but hey let's move into the the march madness section of the show again last week we left here with games sweet 16 games to be played uh, opportunities to get to an elite eight uh, loyola chicago oral roberts still in the mix uh and then as the weekend progressed saturday of course got things back underway um Better and better is this Oregon State loss for, for Tennessee basketball. Is that the orange-colored glasses, or is Oregon State legitimately uh, a pretty decent team? It's something I think we talked about last time. This is And this is something I talked with, I think, my dad over the weekend. This Oregon State team, I mean, they're, they're way under-seeded. 
I think they should have been a lot higher. I mean, they they won their conference mm. or their conference tourney. Yeah. So I mean, to me, to win your conference tournament and you're a 12 seed, what happened there? I, I mean, look at UCLA. I mean, they they were uh, they are uh, in a position uh, to do a lot of things, and they were they were one of the last four in. So no, I you know all kudos to to Oregon State. They defeat Loyola Chicago. They they defeat the Ramblers. You know, we talk about which team was had the best opportunity, Oral Roberts or Loyola. Um, looks like neither one of them made it past the 16. But uh, if you look at that, uh, Oregon State uh, put up a good battle. They they really really I don't want to say dominated, but they had a really good game plan. Uh, Loyola made a run in the second half. Was able to outscore them in the second half, but uh, they had an eight point deficit that they they couldn't overcome. So stat I thought was crazy was in their five games since the Big 12 tournament or the Pac-12 tournament, Oregon State has been shooting 49% from three-pointers. That's that's wow insane. I mean, that's just, that's why they won. I mean, they were just jacking up threes, but when you can shoot 50%, I mean, it's yeah. hard for a team to match that. Yeah, you'll have a lot of success if you if you can uh, if you can keep that uh, that level. But but a lot of times. Teams can, and uh, again, that's a that's a tough road to hoe. Uh, the next one, Baylor and and Villanova. You know, I went with Jay Wright and Villanova. I was really high. I felt like he, you know, Jay Wright can get him right. That was my my statement from a week ago. Uh, Baylor proved me wrong, and then uh, Baylor will continue to prove people wrong as they are a lock in for the Final Four. One of the one of the two uh, seeds that it has clinched that that birth. But uh, again, Baylor, are you in there? I've got Baylor. And Houston. And uh, Houston. No, 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 no. I didn't get Houston. Oh, I had West Virginia a... going up there. Oh, good call. <laughs> no. Good I call. I have three out of my final four. Do you? I do too. Who you got oh, winning it all? Gonzaga. Yeah, me too. So probably going to tie. Who you got? I can't even see what how... I had Gonzaga, but I think I'm like at the very bottom of the. You know, it's Can okay. Pull that up real quick. I want to um, see that. It's easier to I do it on my phone, at. just to be honest with you. I can't do it on my phone. You're tough for eight. What? You're tough for eight. See, with like seven other people? Well, maybe four. Maybe You could be, be down at the bottom where I'm at. <laughs> I am. Uh, let's let's get a quick look. And what we're looking at is on the uh, grind time brackets on ESPN Tournament Challenge. Uh, I'm actually currently sitting sitting at the one spot uh, right now. Yeah, Wayne's winners uh, with, uh, with yeah. Well, my second bracket is not doing so well. It had Illinois. I think he had double scoring for himself. I do, I do. But uh, Laura's going to hate this. Her, her. uh, She had Alabama winning it all, and it actually has her avatar as as the Crimson Tide logo. She'll love that. (laughs) That's (laughs) bad. That's bad. But uh, right now, Jeffy Mac, uh, where where are you at? I'm eight. I'm tied with your. Not good bracket. What is it? X random X task. That's my game. Oh. It was the first thing I thought of. I was like, "Are the X's spaces in game yeah. in gaming?" No, 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 no. It's just X's. Oh, you know, random task. Nope. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're completely, <laughs> completely off the reservation. But uh, if you look at this this matchup, Villanova and Baylor, uh, really Baylor didn't didn't leave a whole lot to to be had. I, I feel like they showed that they were the better team from the jump, and then just continue to do that. And it's worked out for them uh, in the tournament to this point, and they'll have an opportunity to play uh, to play an in-state school uh, for an opportunity to play for the national championship. 
What did you, uh, Chris, what did you think uh, Baylor-Villanova? Did, did that surprise you at all? I know you went with Baylor, but, but again, in the fashion that it worked out. I mean, you know, I've, I've always said Jay Wright's a great coach, but that Baylor length and uh, height they had was going to be hard for Villanova to match up against. And I mean, it worked to their advantage. I think, if I recall, uh, you know, Villanova was only at like 20-something points at halftime. I mean, that defense was incredible. Yeah, well, and here's the deal. They kept it low. At halftime, actually, Villanova was oh, yeah, in the 30, lead. 30-23. 30-23. But then in the second half, lockdown. Yeah. Held them to 21 second-half points to Baylor's 39. Just really uh, made some adjustments and uh, and kept it going. The leading scorer uh, for Villanova was Jeremiah Robert Robinson Earl uh, with six points on the night. Leading Ooh. scorer for uh, for Baylor, 14 points by Davian Mitchell. Uh, who's who's a a good looking kid and is going to have an opportunity uh, to to really kind of develop in, into a great he is a great basketball player but potentially a great pro moving moving forward but if you look at it uh, just pretty even across the board uh, I thought one of the keys to to the uh, to the victory there was turnovers uh, if you look at it uh, Baylor only had five turnovers Villanova had sixteen. In the, in the second half you just That's can't overcome huge. that you just can't overcome that but uh, again Baylor. Uh, moves on uh, and has an opportunity uh, again to to play in the Elite Eight game and eventually uh, would make that that run. Arkansas Oral Roberts uh, probably as as good of a I don't want to say a good of a performance as you could have because a good uh, a better one would be winning right. Uh, but Oral Roberts has the opportunity to take the last shot to win that basketball game, and I swear it was every bit in, and then it came out uh, losing that basketball game seventy two to seventy. Uh, last option, uh, probably have some things they'd like to have back, but ultimately uh, they they go down. Uh, I thought I thought they gave Arkansas all they wanted. I mean, I, I can tell you exactly where I was when that shot happened. I was sitting there watching the baseball game, and I looked over to my left, and the two other radio station and uh, newspaper station guy to was my Troy left. There? Troy was not there. It's somebody else. No, but both of them had their phone set up like this, watching it live. I look to the right, and the three guys that are in the media booth to my right all have it up on their laptops or stuff. And then two other guys ran up from, like, maybe three seats in front of us, older guys, and they came up and stood behind us, and they were watching on their cell phones. So we had, like, nine different chances that you could look around, and everybody's watching that shot. And you and were you were busy working. Like, you were, I you was were focused setting up on, your tent. But, you know, I heard all the commotion, so I had to look over. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm with everybody else. That shot he got, I mean, to get that kind of shot with only 2.5 seconds, yeah. it looked like he was about to drop. And I could just see, you know, the miracle of loyal or uh, the miracle of Oral Roberts' uh, team this year. But I mean, that looks so good. And to get that kind of shot from, you know, just outside of half court. Was I'll, I'll tell you, if that shot would have went in, there would have been like a seismic shift that, that, <laughs> that centered in Newport's, all I can say. Because my father in law would have come unglued. But, uh, a uh, great season by Oral Roberts. You know, you, you just there was some post game press conferences by the coach. There was some some player interviews, and they're just some really mature kids. Uh, and, and for them to understand that this is a great opportunity for our, our our program, for our school, and just the fact that we were here is is a great accomplishment. And and a lot of times that's hard to see because you wanted to win and different things. But I thought they they handled themselves very well. And then on the flip side, Arkansas Musselman, man, what a hire for Arkansas. Uh, they, they in the last couple of years have made some some key hires, some guys that uh, maybe off the beaten path 
but like Arkansas, want to be at Arkansas, and uh, and it's paying dividends for them. Sam Pittman on the football side of things gets a couple wins, get them back in conference uh, competitiveness. You know, they had went a long time and not won a conference game, and then Musselman takes his team uh, to the Elite Eight. I, I think that's a that's a good sign for a healthy program, and, and we'll see if that that continues. But uh, good job by Arkansas. Is Arkansas a basketball school now? <laughs> I think so. In the same sense that Tennessee is a basketball school? No, no, not even close. But thanks for asking. Uh, the, <laughs> the next game, the nightcap, Syracuse, the 11-seeded Orange, taking on the two-seeded Houston Cougars. I was really high on Houston, still high on Houston, as they are now in the Final Four, punched their ticket. Uh, but Houston uh, just, just really removed all doubt. Syracuse didn't play their best game, but when you look at it, uh, outscored Syracuse by 10 in the first half and just flat put the gas down in the second half and then kind of went away with it. I mean, their defense was incredible. I don't know if you watched the game, but basically wherever Buddy Bayheim went, they had at least two guys chasing after him. He had no free time on shots. I mean, I think he maybe had one open shot the entire game, but, you know, they that was their main focal point, you know, stopping him because he's been averaging, I think, 22 points in the tournament. And then just the rest of the team of Syracuse just couldn't make the shots. I mean, they were at thirty-seven percent, I think. So, so Boone dropped a dropped a dime on me today in the in the break room. He was telling me uh, the reason. So you know, Houston they like almost have suction cups on their hands. They they get more offensive rebounds, more defensive. I mean, they're just on the glass all the time. And he said he watched or read something uh, to where they literally. Uh, eat, there's a guy on their bench that, that graphs or what have you, the way the ball hits the rim and where it goes. Oh, wow. And then they practice basically in, in, at some level. I'm not sure how they execute this. Is that Dennis Rodman? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's what Dennis Rodman was known for. He said he could, every teammate on his team for the Bulls, he would register where their shot trajectory was, which side of, you know, they would usually miss off of. And that's where he would go for a rebound, and I mean, he made a career out of it. But but yeah, that basically that's what they're doing. But he said he said like that's almost tested, like that's required. There is no standing around, and I hope it goes to one of my guys. It's this ball's going to hit right here on the rim. Where's it go? And then they do it, and then who's right? And so you almost have like a muscle memory of trajectory and and different things like that. And so it made a lot of sense once he told me that today why they're just always in the right place, why they're always able to to kind of navigate that side. But but, but anyway, it's obviously pushing uh, them, Coach Kelvin Sampson, uh, to a Final Four appearance. But the next game, uh, again, uh, Sunday, uh, March 28th, uh, was the second part of the the Sweet 16 games. Uh, Of course, Gonzaga takes care of Creighton. Uh, Really wasn't close. Honestly, probably the most impressive performance uh, Gonzaga to date as they uh, pretty much take care of Creighton wholehandedly, 83-65, to 65, uh, just kind of remove all doubt. I thought Michigan taking care of Florida State, that was another uh, just, a, just a dominant performance, 76-58. to 58. Florida State had some nice plays, had some opportunities to, to draw it near, but it just Michigan's a better team. They're bigs, and the way they can just rebound and the way they can just force it in, I mean, it just changed the whole whole dynamic. Michigan's playing really good basketball right now. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, and then UCLA, the 11th seed that played their way in, taking on the SEC champ, Alabama. Two-seeded Alabama uh, in the uh, in the Sweet 16 game. And, uh, you, you know, live by the three, die by the three. 
Well, Alabama died by the three. It, the the well dried up, and uh, and Alabama couldn't knock them down. And uh, it just uh, it took all that they had to get it to overtime. They they knocked down a, a long range, basically mid court shot to take this thing to overtime. And then UCLA takes it in overtime, just just able to stay consistent. That uh, hurts. So when you, when you work that hard to get it to overtime, <laughs> and then fall apart in the overtime. Well, it was just another thing. Shots not falling and, and unable to get the rebound. UCLA. Uh, was the calmer squad in the, in the overtime? I thought Alabama pressed a little bit. I thought Nate Oates, if and I'm not taking anything away from his coaching ability because this year was a really, uh, really strong performance by him. But I thought in the overtime uh, he had some opportunities where he could slow it down, get his guys kind of corralled in, refocused. He didn't take those opportunities. UCLA took every one of them, yeah, and and kind of kind of broke that thing out, made Alabama have to foul them. Uh, late to spread that to a 10-point victory. Yeah, I mean, UCLA, though, just came, just like Oregon State we were talking about, they just came in hot at the right time. Um, the coolest I, thing was the dad of the coach. Did you see all that? Every time every time a big shot would go down, they'd, they'd go up there. And, of course, I'm pretty sure that hoodie's the only UCLA piece he's probably got. <laughs> but he's just fist-pumping every time the shot goes down. He's a former basketball coach. His son's now the coach at UCLA. And you, you got to know that's his best life, right? Yeah, and I really like that uh, Jamie Jacquez Jr. kid they had. Mm, I mean, he was player. Making, I mean, he was making shots with hands in his face. What about old Jujang or whatever Kentucky <laughs> Johnny Jujang or whatever? I don't know that one. He's the he's the kid that transferred. He was like a he was an all star hot shot freshman, and then Kentucky basically was gonna gonna uh, uh, recruit over him because he didn't play a whole lot. Yeah. He, he's at UCLA now. He's the one that fouled out. Oh yeah. Uh, late in the game, probably was about to be like, man, I had the moment and it didn't work. But he's he's on cloud nine because he gets an opportunity to play. Yeah. And, and then the nightcap, Oregon at USC, seventh ranked or seventh seeded Oregon taking on sixth seeded uh, USC, another team that that really uh, has overperformed maybe their ranking. Six seeded USC takes down Oregon pretty handily, eighty two to sixty eight to kind of close out the Sweet Sixteen round. Uh, I don't know that I saw USC. Obviously, if you look at my bracket, I didn't. Uh, but USC, uh, they're playing uh, their best basketball right now and uh, and had an opportunity. They'll have an opportunity tonight to see if they can keep on playing. Is that right? I, mean, I, I, <laughs> Good I, deal. I went with Oregon in that game. I mean, I thought Oregon had the uh, height advantage, especially down low. But, I mean, like you said, USC came out hot, made a, a lot of shots starting off and just pushed the lead out in Oregon. Couldn't ever come back. Well, and, and here's the deal. You want to talk about consistency? Oregon, Oregon scores 26 in the first half. USC scores 41. Oregon finds something, scores 42 in the second half. USC scores 41. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just steady as you go. Swing that hammer, yep. and USC gets it done. Their leading scorer, Isaiah White, 22 points, five rebounds, one assist, three steals on the night. Eugene Omoruri. I'm pretty sure I jacked that up, but uh, <laughs> that was the leading score for Oregon. He had 28 points of their 68. So, I mean, it, it, it was a, kind of a one-man show in that regard. So, second half, able to slow that down a little bit and uh, and get on out of there. But speaking of getting on out of there, uh, we've got to get this Applebee's gift card on out uh, and, and away from, from our table. So, uh, we are going to get Chris to get the uh, giveaway bucket. Uh, it is a That's a, a very professional term. Uh, it's actually a paint can that has stickers and and grind logos and different things on it. But paint can ain't that spiffy? That was Laura's idea. That's a brilliant idea. Good but job. so uh, way to go. 
even though Carson's not here, we're going to do what he calls popcorning it. We're going to pop it up like this. That's popcorning it. And then we'll swirl it, swirl it, swirl it. Jeff's leaving, so we're going to let Jeff pick. You get to pick the 7 o'clock winner. Go. And Gloria. Gloria is the 6 o'clock winner. We will we will have to find her at the break. She has won an Applebee's gift card if she's here. If not, we're going to go bracket-style NCAA tournament yeah. and, uh, and get the backup winner. But right now, right now, we're going to take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. Find Gloria, get her her gift card, and then we'll uh, we'll be back to talk more March Madness. But uh, Jeff's going to check on out, and uh, Jeff, have a good week. I'm actually going to hang out to your next break. What? We have got overtime for Jeffy Mack. You don't want to miss it. Come on back. We're going to take a break. This segment brought to you by Tressa Leakwire with Realty Executives. From the kitchen table to the closing table and anywhere in between, give Miss Tressa a call, 865-221-5610. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Are you looking for a place to unwind and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Then slide on over to the Party Pub at their brand-new location in New Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The Party Pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends, watch that big-time fight, and catch that big orange game on one of the pub's 12 big-time TVs. The Party Pub's kitchen also has a jam-packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings, and believe me, it's all great-tasting food. Call-ins are welcome. Kitchen opens each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time and can't wait to see you. Again, check out their new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blunt County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. 
The Grind on Sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the Grind Time Hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. From Blunt County to all of Knoxville, this is WKVL 850 AM and 100.9 FM Maryville, Rocky Top Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maryville is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group where home ownership dreams become a reality. Do you want to hear your business mentioned on this show? We can make that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind. On 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the Party Pub Studios here at WKBL Radio. And right here in Midland Plaza where... I don't know if that break was long enough. I just crammed down a, the whatever pick four sampler that I just had, and there's a lot there. Like people need to check that out. Like I said, I got I got onion rings, I got uh, cheese sticks, jalapeno poppers, and two monster chicken tenders. And uh, it took me two breaks to finish it. So uh, good stuff. Chris swarfed down. Uh, you still got some wings left, don't you? No. Maybe maybe a nibble of one. <laughs> he, he got the two for like what? What two sauces did you get? Uh, garlic parmesan and teriyaki. Good choices. Yeah, Feel good about them. Uh, the teriyaki was amazing. It was good, isn't it? So here's the deal: three people say that's good food. I feel like if you get one person, they can have a different opinion than you do. Two people, well, you know, two out of three ain't bad. But when all three people say it's good food, people should come down and check it out. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys agree? I think so. Party pub known for a good time and good food. So come check them out. But, uh, again, we're going to stay with March Madness. We've, we've gotten you to the Elite Eight, and then we're going to kind of keep with that uh, that mantra as we have gotten uh, to this weekend. Uh, yesterday or last night, two games were came to a close again. Yesterday was a pretty good sports day. It was pretty outside, but I stayed in looking at the TV. 
uh, in the stance that I'm watching the, the, the dirt race, uh, in the, in the afternoon. And then I'm watching uh, basketball in the evening. There was ladies games to watch. There was men's games to watch. There's a lot, there was on, a yeah. lot, lot to be had. And, uh, and, and so last night, the two games that were played Oregon state and Houston, uh, again, Oregon state hot off of a 12 seed sweet 16 victory. And, uh, and Houston, that rebounding machine, uh, was, uh, was just something to be had. And, uh, as, as one of the listeners has, uh, has requested and now has achieved, Dave Allison is now on the, on the, <laughs> the boardwalk here. But, uh, but guys, what about this matchup? 67 61 was the Houston victory. I thought Oregon State played well. Houston just played better. Especially in that first half. I mean, Houston's That's defense was incredible. Right. I mean, Oregon State. 17 was, points. Yeah, Oregon yeah. State was having trouble just finding their shots. I think they had two or three. Uh, shot clock violations, which is, you know, I can understand one, but like three for one. I mean, they just could not get the shot off. That's how smothering Houston's defense was. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is Houston not only was, was slowing them down, but they were able to put the points up. 34-17 to 17 was the halftime score. Yeah, Oregon State found a little something in the second half, but it was just too big of a hole to dig out of. Uh, they were able to uh, score 44 in the second half to make it respectable, uh, but Houston just really gets it gets it done. Houston, uh, Kelvin Sampson, the, the rebounding machine that is headed to the final four to play, uh, to play Baylor, uh, here, uh, here the, the next weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that, uh, as we move forward. The other game last night, Arkansas and Baylor, I have no lies to tell. Uh, a 5 a.m. start this morning did not allow me to, to catch that game, but I did watch highlights throughout the day. Uh, Arkansas, uh, didn't necessarily do, uh, do bad things. Uh, but uh, Baylor just able to score in bunches, forty-six to thirty-eight at the half, and uh, just continued to put on the gas in the second half to to kind of separate eighty-one to seventy-two. Baylor defeats Arkansas. Arkansas ends their season at the Elite Eight, and Baylor moves on to uh, to play for a chance to to play in a championship game. I stayed up a little bit to watch it. Like I said, Baylor's length is what caused uh, Arkansas a lot of trouble in that game. Uh, I think Teague was their leading scorer. Is um, that Macchio? 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 Teague, yeah, he was what, 22 That's points. That's a name to say. <laughs> it's like that. Macchio. Uh, so it's like that guy, uh, Michael, that uh, that my wife knew one time or met. M-Y-K-U-L. So he, he spelled it like it sounds. <laughs> right. Like, like exactly like it sounds. Yeah, like no. But he's never going <laughs> to have those cool little license plate on his bicycle. No. <laughs> no. It's never going to happen. Yeah. I guess I need to change my way I spell my son's name. Huh? Well, see, I, I did it too because Jackson's J A X O N is how I spell my little boys, and it, he will forever uh, Jackson the traditional spelling. Yeah. So it's it's fine. And then I mean, it's funny you said that because Bennett always complains we can find Michael stuff on everything with his name, but can't find Bennett anyway. Man, you gotta fix that. Way to go! You that. tortured your kid. <laughs> Great job. Well, poor guy. Jeff was taken. No keychain for him. <laughs> no keychain for him. No uh-huh. keychain. You can get those digital ones. You can make it whatever you want to. You just type it in and it goes. Yeah, there you go. That's the way to go. See, that's, that's money we can make. Uh, but anyway, so that gets us to the final four spots last night as Oregon State, Houston. Houston prevails in that one. Baylor takes down Arkansas to punch two tickets uh, to the final four. Tonight, we'll find out that the two other Opponents that, that, that will play for a chance, those two teams will play each other. 
Uh, tonight, USC Gonzaga is a 7:15 start. So just after we go off, USC and Gonzaga will take on each other. And then the nightcap, a 10 o'clock tip-off, UCLA and Michigan. Talk about two uh, two names in sports, UCLA and Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a seven-point favorite. Gonzaga, a nine-point favorite. So we kind of get a little extra pick segment here. Tonight's games, USC, Gonzaga. Chris, who you got? I'm taking Mr. Mustache. Going with the Zags. And the Zags. I mean, he's just incredible. Uh, he's, uh, what, 20.7 rebounds a game. I mean, that's just incredible to just think of a center doing that. Well, and, and have you seen all, like, the little uh, cartoony things that they're doing on him, like with the eyes glowing <laughs> and different things? I mean, he's a monster. He he really does. He he does things that that you normal big guys can't do. And I, yeah, I, I can't I can't agree more. I think nine may not hold it. I, I think I would take Gonzaga and the points. I mean, he's a uh, first. You know, you got to stretch five. I mean, he goes out there and he can shoot the three pointer better than half the guards can for that team. And the, that team's just loaded, you know, top to bottom. Like I said, uh, nine points. I would definitely say that's probably going to be easy to. Uh, match easily for Gonzaga. So looking at it, USC is averaging 66.9 points a game. That's best for 261st in the NCAA. Gonzaga averaging 74.3 points a game. Good enough for ninth in the NCAA. So I think I think uh, horsepower will be the, the name of the game. And uh, to me, uh, Gonzaga's just got a lot more of it. What do you think, Jeff? I think Gonzaga's. Go with the Zags. When you got to win the Natty, you really can't have them. Yeah, I can't go against them now. It's too late. It's already in favor. Well, here's another key thing. USC has a three-game winning streak. Gonzaga has a 29-game winning streak. So that's a good point. But I really don't know that 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 at this time. I don't want to say this late in the game, but really, that starts playing against people. Like there's not many teams that's went wire to wire. Ask Kentucky. Well, hold on. Well, they have a 31 and one. If I'm Gonzaga. My previous record doesn't mean anything anymore. I could lose games with my previous record. I can't lose games now, just like they can't lose games now. Right. So my record doesn't mean anything anymore, just like their record doesn't mean it's anything. zero and zero next game. Exactly. Up. Just gotta just gotta be one and zero today, right? Right. Yeah. And and Good so night. at that we point, put that on a t-shirt. We should. <laughs> <laughs> gotta win today. Just one and zero today, baby. Yeah. But anyway, all jokes aside, Gonzaga clean sweep here on the show. And I think if you look at any analyst, uh, we're not far off. Uh, they, they may have better reasons, uh, better than the, the, the cartoony glowing eyes thing that I use. <laughs> but it's, a, it's the same decision nonetheless. The nightcap, number 11 seeded UCLA, the play-in team, uh, even though they're not the lowest seed uh, left, left, left kind of moving, they're still they're still one of the pieces that to me is 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 fun to watch because they were on the brink of not even making the 64, and now they're on the brink of going to the final four. So UCLA number one Michigan. I think the heartstrings go uh, for UCLA because Michigan still is volatile in the way that they play they play in this scenario. Neither one of these teams are scoring in, in high high numbers. 67.2 average for Michigan. 64.6 for UCLA. Uh, but to me, what have you done for me lately? UCLA's winning basketball games. They're putting people to the wire. Uh, now, granted, their path to, to, to the final or to the Elite Eight has not been uh, – they haven't had the level of testing uh, that I would say that Michigan had. I think Michigan's test right out of the gate, second round against LSU, is probably more than UCLA has yeah. seen to this point. But 
it's still it's still to me may this may be one of the more volatile elite eight games uh, on the docket. What, what do you got, Jeff? Yeah, I I would like to take Michigan in this, but at the same time, UCLA is playing really tough, and and like you said, they're really taking people to the brink. So I, if there was going to be an upset, I could see it in this game, but I think I still got Michigan. Well, you think, I kind Chris? of put it in my bracket that way. <laughs> it's kind of in your bracket that way. I mean, I can, you know, say I, I believe UCLA is a good team, and they, you know, have played incredible. But I think the LSU game has heart in Michigan. I mean, they saw, hey, we can't take any possession off, and it showed in their last game. I mean, they came out; they weren't playing around with Florida State. Like I said, a lot of people had Florida State with a possible upset over Michigan, and they came out and just. Put the state down. Yeah. So that's why I'm I'm actually going with Michigan to you know cover the spread and you know like I said they're, they they have their eye on the prize for next weekend they're ready to get to the final four and I think Jawan Howard having a great coach like that an NBA minded coach and his son's on the team I didn't know that honestly I hadn't kept up with it yeah, he's a freshman and he's a stud and <laughs> it was awesome you know getting him in in the last two minutes last game and he I think made a driving layup incredible layup and got mm-hmm. fouled. Plus one, you just saw Jawan Howard's excitement on the sideline. You know that dad moment when your kid scores a goal or makes a basket. You know every dad's ever felt that. So you know, it was an incredible play. You know. So I'm I'm sitting here and I want to take UCLA just to be different than you guys. My bracket doesn't read that way, but I want to. And but I'm sitting down here and I'm like, okay, pace of play, Michigan's on top. Field goal percentage, Michigan on top. Three point field goal percentage, Michigan on top. Any of these categories up through here, except for offensive rebounds, and it's a difference of one, is in favor of the Wolverines. There even, you go. There's that one this, thing you needed. So. Well, even this, this I didn't even know this was a thing, but there is a Pythagorean win. Do you know what that is? I thought they played basketball. I didn't know they were mathematicians. Well, that, yeah, that, that's context clues. Good job, Jeff. Uh, but they're both really not good at it, so we're going to not use that one. Oh. So, with all that being said, there's no data driven to tell me to pick the Wolverines or to not pick the Wolverines. But you're going to do it? There is no data that says that I need to pick the Bruins. But you know what? The coach's dad up there, <laughs> hoodie on, fist pumping every time they make a shot, and the fact that, Really? When you knock off Alabama and the way Alabama was playing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them. I'm gonna go with the Bruins to say, you know what, we knocked off the the SEC champ. We're gonna knock off the the uh, a, a Big Ten power, not necessarily the Big Ten champ, but uh, we're gonna knock off uh, Michigan. We're gonna we're gonna shock the world, be an 11 seed, making it to the Final Four. Well, I mean, looking at a history stat of it, UCLA is three and three and or. Uh, Three and one all time against Michigan, and their only Michigan's only win was in '93, which was Fat Five. Fat Five, and who was on that? Jalen Rose, uh, Chris Weber, and Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard. Yeah. Is there a whole lot of players from that team playing? No, tonight. No. I mean, Jawan Howard is coaching. Maybe, and he, he might. might get teed up. I mean, he ain't opposed <laughs> to getting teed up. Nah, he, he's already said he'll do whatever he's got to do to keep his team entertained. But but I'll take that shirt off, <laughs> rip them pants off. Do you think there's any bit? Uh, I wonder if Chris Weber will call a timeout for him. You know, just a little throwback <laughs> moment. Too soon. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm glad uh, they did that. I mean, it kind of helped helped uh, you out. Helped North Carolina win that national championship. But uh, what about what about uh, 
UCLA. You know, in, in my mind today when I'm sitting here figuring out how I was going to shock the world and pick UCLA, really that wasn't on the docket. But um, I sit here and I think, you know, in this in this climate and what have you, North Carolina made it in based on some late season push. But really, when you think about this NCAA tournament, no Kentucky, no Duke, limited access by by perennials, right? UCLA is a, I mean, they are one of the the teams that that John Wooden wins. He won seven straight championships and like 11 out of 14 or something like that. So this, UCLA is one of the original Blue Bloods. You know, they they go way back, if you will. And so, to me, there's a cool story. If UCLA could go from a play-in game, beating Tom Izzo, getting into the tournament, and then, like I said, not the easiest of roads, but make it to a Final Four. That's a cool story if we could get that yeah. out of a COVID year. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could go for that. If they don't do it, we'll just – it'll be like that. Third, I'll just make the story up. They're talking about the head coach <laughs> – uh, Hey, coach's uh, dad, you're talking about. They said he's like the new sister Gina this year. Everybody's excited. I mean, that's a lot. Watching him pump his lot. fist up in the crowd. Hey, look. See, I'm not the only one. But that's a lot to live There's up actually to. a bet in uh, Vegas right now on that. How, yeah, how many fist pumps that they will put on camera? Over under, under. under. I think it says five. An over under of him being viewed on camera five times pumping his fist. Would you take the over under? <laughs> over? Like hardcore? Because, I mean, Heck, I just watched like the last eleven minutes, and I probably saw five. Do <laughs> you think they got a first half and a second half maybe. over under? I just, you know, that's just crazy. Just thinking Vegas actually has a, uh, pro, you know, a bet on that. I don't know that that shocks me though. I don't know that that shocks me. But okay, so given the fact that that our show is on a Tuesday only, and the national champion will be crowned next Monday, we've kind of got to get through the final four. Mm. So Baylor Houston will play. Uh, they'll be the first matchup. They'll both play Saturday, but those two have been decided. Baylor versus Houston, the rebounding machine that is Houston, or the scoring machine that is the length that is Baylor. What do you got? You're gonna go with the Texas school. I got a feeling. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure I picked them also. I think my final game was Gonzaga and Baylor. Mm. So I really have to go I with can, Baylor. Uh, I can fact check that. You're gonna go with Baylor. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I'm. I've been impressed with the way uh, Houston's defense has been. I mean, it's been incredible the way they can hold teams to minimal shooting. And like you said, being a good defensive rebounding team it really helps. You know, one and done, get the rebound and push it up court. And they're a pretty fast paced offense themselves. You, you know, um, I'll tell you this. I, I've rode with Houston. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get in on uh, on my bracket just so at least one pick during the show is actually what I said I thought. Uh, but, it's, you know, of course, technology is, is not my friend always. Um, huh. Yeah. See. So I had Houston playing Gonzaga in the natty. So that Looks makes like my decision. take Houston. I got to roll <laughs> with the Cougars. The Cougars and the Zags is my natty. So, uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Kelvin Sampson that mean mug when he pulls the mask down, and uh, give me the rebounding machines that are the Houston Cougars. I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> but uh, anyway, none of my jokes work. So, and the cricket's already played. But uh, the next one we're assuming uh, I think is Gonzaga, and then we're kind of split on the back end. But you're saying Gonzaga, Michigan. 
You're saying Gonzaga, Michigan. I'm saying Gonzaga, UCLA. Um, is there any is there any push? I mean, is anybody going against the Zags? I mean, it's one of those teams that you know <laughs> nine different players can score double digit points for them. I mean, it's just hard for any other team to match their bench point. Um, I, it's hard to say there's a, a team like that. No, or a hard maybe, like, or is it a hard maybe? <laughs> maybe if they come out and have the worst shooting game of the year for them. So, so you're saying uh, a game versus a game, it's Gonzaga all day. But you're even saying maybe a Gonzaga B rate game could still beat UCLA. I can say a B rate or game. Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that team's just loaded and. It would have to be a horrible shooting game, like 30% or less probably for them to get beat. And I don't think they would do that either. Uh, but you can't do that. There's no way you win 29 games in a row yeah. and ever dip and that low. And Mark Few, I mean, he's I was going to say, his name's Mark Few, and it's even fewer how many yeah. bad games they have. I mean, just look at the recruiting coming in. They had three of the top 20 uh, draft or uh, people next year, recruits, looking at Gonzaga. I mean... That's up there with Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke getting some of the top prospects. So you're going with the Zags. You're going with the Zags. I have to go with the Zags because that's how I win this bracket. Uh, but I, I feel like I went out on a limb on UCLA getting there. Now I got to go with the, the bracket and roll with the Zags. I, I really, all jokes aside, Gonzaga, they may be the wire-to-wire champion. I, I wish Tennessee could have at least been exposed to that, been a part of that. However, that would have rolled out. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think Gonzaga's rolling. Uh, at that point, they're what twenty nine zero. So if yeah. they they need two wins, they'll be thirty one and zero. Natties, um, I, I think it happens. Uh, of course, Monday night will be the the night. We'll we'll try to do a little little home side Facebook live. Try to get some things out there, get some reactions should things go south. But uh, but ultimately, March Madness is uh, is closing up on us, guys. Six days close until uh, until it's all come and went, and really. You know, uh, I know if you're a VCU fan, you'd be like, well, it kind of happened. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm really surprised that they're the only ones that was impacted to this point. Yeah, Is that's that true. I, it still, I still sucked. I hated that for him. It's less than ideal. But yeah. uh, but anyway, so Gonzaga National Champion, Jeff yep. McIntyre. Chris Hibbs, Gonzaga National Champion. Yeah, I was actually trying to look. When was the last time there was an undefeated? National champion. I was wondering that myself, like throughout the season and everything. Right? Do you have yeah. I don't have any waiting. I don't have any. Uh... I know it's happened a few times in women. Come on, yeah. man. All right. That's all the last, the last uh, undefeated team to win the championship would be Indiana in 75 76 at 32 and 0 record. UCLA did it four times. North Carolina's done it once in San Francisco. But the last teams to be undefeated going into the tournament was Wichita State in 2014 That's a and shocker. Kentucky in 2015. But However, both of those teams lost in the NCAA tournament. Now, Kentucky lost in the national championship game, or did they lose in the Final Four? Uh, they lost in the, or the championship game. I think that was Villanova's year that they won it with and, Jay Wright. And then, but, but Wichita State, they didn't they, make it. They lost it in the Final Four. That was the year they knocked out, like I think Michigan State and North Carolina in consecutive games. Do you, now, know who, do you know who their head coach was at that time? He is no longer there, and for really like off the court problems. Greg Marshall. Yeah, I was say slick back hair. Wanted him at Tennessee for a long time. Glad that ship sailed. 
guys would have just run him out of anyway. We got Donnie Tindall. <laughs> like, that's who we got instead of Greg Marshall. We got Donnie Tindall. But anyway, as, uh, as quick as Donnie Tindall came and went, so will this break. We got to take our last break of the day. Uh, listen to these great sponsors. This last segment was brought to you by Smoky Mountain Axe House. Again, SmokyMountainAxe.com. Owner Tim Fry, veteran owned and operated. Check them out right here in Midland Plaza. Give them a phone call. Set up a uh, an appointment to get your uh, your group in there and uh, and unleash the flannel, as it says on the wall. Eight six five two six eight fifty eight seventy two. Again, Smoky Mountain Axe House. There's a lot of axe houses, but only one. Smoky Mountain Axe House, a member of the World Axe Throwing League. So check them out. You'll be glad you did. But let's take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, Tennessee football, as they've opened up spring practice, and today, full pads. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind right here from the Party Pub, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Are you looking for a place to unwind and relax after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Then slide on over to the Party Pub at their brand-new location in New Midland Plaza in Alcoa. The Party Pub has loads of space available to enjoy time with friends, watch that big-time fight, and catch that big orange game on one of the pub's 12 big-time TVs. The Party Pub's kitchen also has a jam-packed menu from pizza to burgers, quesadillas to wings, and believe me, it's all great-tasting food. Call-ins are welcome. Kitchen opens each morning at 7.30. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop for a good time, check out the Party Pub with darts, billiards, and karaoke. The Party Pub has a 7.30 a.m. start time and can't wait to see you. Again, check out their new location in New Midland Plaza, the Party Pub in Alcoa, a Blunt County staple for 50 years and a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire at 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to give you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. The Grind on Sports is all about opinions, and we want yours too. If you want to grind it out with us here tonight, give us a call on the Grind Time Hotline, 865-223-8421. Share in the grind and dial 865-223-8421. 
from Blunt County to all of Knoxville. This is WKVL 850 AM and 100.9 FM Maryville, Rocky Top Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. The housing market in East Tennessee is booming. Have you found yourself daydreaming of that perfect home or need more space for your growing family? Finding the right mortgage lender is an important first step in making those dreams a reality. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group of Maryville is your hometown expert with over 20 years in the mortgage industry. Donna can help with all types of mortgages from conventional to VA and everything in between. Having a proven expert like Donna Cry in your corner will give you an edge against the competition. Call Donna Cry at 865-984-9948 today for more information or to get your home buying process started. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group where home ownership dreams become a reality. Do you want to hear your business mentioned on this show? We can make that happen. Hit us up on our email. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. That's wayne at thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the Party Pub Studios right here on off Calderwood here in New Midland Plaza. We're excited to be here. And excited to grind it out for 30 more minutes. But as we uh, we were on break, Chris, uh, the phone lines lit up. And uh, our good buddy Skeeter from Thornhill on the phone line. Hey, buddy, what's up? Uh, you're on the grind. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Well, you know, uh, we have we have partook in a, a lot of March Madness discussion. Uh, great food here at the Party Pub. And uh, and you, you calling in is kind of adding, too, buddy. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm missing out on some good food. Sounds sounds like it's probably delicious. It's it's pretty amazing, uh, honestly. No, I, I kind of wanted to talk some uh, a little bit of Tennessee football. I think uh, I had a, I had a quick question for you all. You know, the one big thing this week, I think, well, it's getting close to time for the Orange and White game. So the suspension this past week, how, how big of an issue is that? Does it does it tell you what the what the quarterback competition is? So so Skeeter, if if you've had you have a lot of good good facets but your your timing may be impeccable because that was our next talk topic to talk about was Tennessee spring football today first day in pads oh Uh, fantastic you know I'll say this the the suspension from last week absolutely it impacts the quarterback room uh but when you've got quarterbacks like uh Harrison Bailey Ryan Maurer the hooker kid from Virginia Tech I think I think there's a lot of competition to be had there. Caden Salter was going to be an impact player, and I think he was going to have something to say. Uh, but but I don't know that it derails the quarterback position. I think 
uh, offensive coordinator Golish. Uh, he's he's still trying to evaluate the talent that's sitting there. Uh, yes, you want to you want to see Caden uh, what he can do, uh, but but we don't know the the duration of the suspension. Uh, so hopefully, uh, if they can get this taken care of, get this uh, uh, figured out, um, this Caden Salter impact will be limited. But I, I don't know that it necessarily takes care of the quarterback position or not. I just think it it takes away from his opportunity. And you think it, you think it says a lot about Hypel, like that, like one of his biggest guys they're bringing in, and he just willing to suspend him that fast. You know, does that, does that say a lot about him? I kick that one to you, Chris. What, what do you think, Hypel? I, I think Hypel's high character. I think he doesn't, especially coming off of the Pruitt staff. I, I don't think he's interested in a lot of uh, question marks. I mean, for me personally, thinking about my coaching staff, um, you know, the the key, first thing you do is you set the tone. I mean. What better way than setting the tone with a starting quarterback, one a lot of people put praise in. I mean, if I'm one of the other players, I'm like, if he can do that to a big-name quarterback, it can be done to me. And he had, what, three other players have been suspended to. But uh, and the problem is he was the only uh, – he, he was the underage kid yeah. in that whole mix. So I think I think Hopple's hands were somewhat tied in that deal. Uh, I don't think uh, he had a lot of options really at this point because they're uh, – I mean – there, there's a lot of water under that bridge right now. So uh, I think it's precautionary as far as the duration, but no, I think it speaks highly. I think Heupel's a, a high character guy that wants to get this thing right. And, and one way to do that, like Chris said, set the tone and, uh, and set the expectation. I look at it this way too. I mean, you have somebody like Salter, it's a freshman. Now he has at least time, you know, to sit there and think about it. I think you have the guy already in place. I think Harrison Bailey going into a season, is the day one starter. Uh, I think he is time and he's still young. I mean, he he did make a bunch of freshman mistakes last year, forcing the ball in uh, tight windows and all that. But I think he, if he can get the mentality, you know, unlike Garantano, he was able to stand in a pocket. He seemed more poised. He didn't seem shell-shocked about taking a hit. I think he, he earned the respect of the young receiving core. And Vayas Jones has talked very highly of him. I mean, his accuracy so I think Harrison Bailey's the number one guy. I think you're going to see Hooker used more as a uh, wildcat formation and also mm-hmm. a trick play guy because his speed, uh, he's got something Bailey don't have, and that's the speed. And then even Brian Maurer, I mean, if he can stay away from the concussions, that's a great, you know, what is it, junior or redshirt junior? I think he's a redshirt junior. I mean, he is an incredible athlete, too. So you have all these potentials there. Like I said, to me, it's got to be Harrison Bailey. And, and Skeeter, I, I hope that answered your question. But I, I just think Tennessee, especially with the uh, the, the Joey Hazel and uh, Golish, the offensive coordinator, with their terms in their own words, we're going to let them rip it. I think there's plenty of guys down there that can rip it. I think I think he's I think he's answered it perfectly. I think the the quarterback room can can handle it. I think there's plenty plenty talent to go around. But I just I just wonder if it's it was it was perfect. Just maybe it, it kind of puts Salter at bay and just kind of gets a little bit better of an idea of what, what can and can't go on, you know. Skeeter. And I think it was good for Hopper just to go ahead and set the tone. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think you're right. Well, what's your take on Hypo? I mean, you, you know, like I, like we've said, I, I think he's a, he's a good pick for for what. Uh, for the scenario we were in, and I'm always for a guy that's that's interested in being at Tennessee and wants to be here. Uh, but but man, since he's gotten here, between the the team building and culture set, 
kind of stuff he's been doing, and then what he says when the microphone gets in front of him. The way he almost, um, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, Chris, but like memorializes Neyland Stadium, you know, as a as a diehard fan, that just uh, that kind of gets the warm and fuzzies going because it is it is a hallowed place, it is kind of a special special venue, and looks like Heupel as as kind of lock, stock, and barrel, you know, kind of sold out to Tennessee. And uh, as a fan, you got to love that. I mean, just looking at the players, like I said, uh, um, you've had multiple senior players, you've had multiple veteran players that you know were thinking about transferring out and have you know changed course, came back and said they're thinking about buying into Hypo's mentality, uh, buying into the hype, Is that buying what you're into the hypo. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, it's just you know the atmosphere is starting to show back. Uh, there ain't been much to cheer for, especially last year. But, oh, rough. but you know the players are excited about the offense to say the least. I mean, this spread offense is something we haven't seen at Tennessee in a while. I'm I'm used to three running plays and punting the ball. I'm not used to seeing many throwing <laughs> plays. So I mean, I think the new offensive scheme is you know going to buy into the young receiving core. Oh and yeah, I'm excited to see what possibilities they actually have. Well, what do you think, Skeeter? You like and hype? Well, I'm gonna be honest. You know, this was uh, this is what our I think our fifth coaching search that we've known each other right <laughs> so yeah that sounds like that should be forever ago but you know it really hasn't been um it wasn't a sexy hire that i think we've always pushed for but i think maybe they have a guy that can make us buy back into the program the fan base bring that back and the the numbers that he puts off offensively they don't lie i mean it's going to be it's going to be a fun fun game to watch there's and they've got the right receivers, the right quarterback, like you talked about, to make this work. If the defense just don't allow 30 points a game, they might be in most of these games. Well, what what do you think about uh, what do you think about the, the other skill position players? I mean, I, I think you know we we feel good about quarterback. We feel like there's some pretty good receivers. Now, the the running back room took a pretty good jolt in in the fact that Eric Gray's now in Oklahoma, uh, Ty Chandler's now at North Carolina. Uh, does Tennessee, I feel like Tennessee still has a stable uh, that, that has some maybe unproven uh, names, uh, but number one JUCO running back Evans uh, is, is kind of showing out the first few days in shells, and then, of course, I'll, I'll see what he did today in practice once we're done here. But uh, I think uh, you look at guys like T. Hodge, you look at guys uh, like D. Beckwith, I think Chris mentioned at the break, uh, was was looking at maybe, maybe making a return uh, to the running back room. Is there uh, is there horses to kind of allow? Because you got to have a little bit of both in the Southeastern Conference. You got to be able to run the ball to open up the pass. Uh, do they got a Do they got a stud running back that can do that? You know, honestly, I, I don't know. It's very unproven to me who they have. Um, I think time will show. I think I think if the if the offensive line can can give him some pass protection, I think that that'll open up the run. Also, you know, if they can. Um, what about what's that one guy? Is Banks? Is there a possibility he comes back over, or is that what you said? Jeremy Banks. I, here's the thing with Jeremy Banks. Um, he's been a project. He's kind of bounced around, uh, not right. not really stuck anywhere. But the only problem is if, if even if Henry Toto comes back, it's really him and Jeremy Banks uh, because they're, they're That's a very good point. Because there's a lot of people between the the suspensions there with the Caden Salter and and those other four guys. Um, there's a lot of holes there, and to me, if we're going to keep them under 30, like we talk about, 
uh, it's going to it's going to have to have a strong middle. There's even talks about other players moving. Let's talk about running back. Sorry, I was say no, about no, running backs. Uh, I I really like Jabril Small. I thought he did good last year coming in as mm-hmm. the third option. Um, you know, he brings a change of pace. So you you go with him. You go with a Beckwick with which might be a bigger back. Mm. You bring in T. Hodge, which is a beast of a back. Then you go with somebody like Jabril Smalls, who was more like an Alvin Kamara, you know, shifty guy out in the backfield. Yeah, I, to me, I think the sky's the limit. And, and I'm not trying to oversell this offensive staff because, again, uh, I'm I'm as much – I read the paper clippings as well that, that there's a big difference between UCF and Tennessee. But I'll say the way to, to, way to get, get – Get room, get get uh, playmakers. The football is to spread defenses sideline to sideline, and if you use guys like D Beck without the backfield, you use Jabari Small, T Hodge, and potentially Evans to kind of pound the middle. Then then people are going to have to give you one on one sometime. And uh, I think this coaching staff knows how to pull the trigger. So uh, I, I don't know, uh, but I'm I'm hopeful. And I think as we get closer to the the orange and white game, uh, again, just uh, I mean. Well, it's the 24th, so just about 25 days from now, uh, we'll see what this first uh, first spring is going to kind of yield for for Coach Heupel and staff. But uh, I'm excited. But uh, but Skeeter, I, I couldn't uh, couldn't uh, help but uh, follow your uh, Instagram, your uh, your Twitter feed. Did you uh, did you play in a little dirt this weekend? Man, I got covered in some in some dirt slash some mud thanks to the. East Tennessee weather. Um, it was nice though. Once they got that track right out Monday, uh, it was very, very dusty. Uh, good racing. You know, the trucks went first, and you know they kind of got it, got the grooves going for the Cup Series later on. And I think, I think Bristol, if nothing else, Bristol learned a lot on how to how to do a dirt track. I think, I think they're a little little ways away from some of these local professionals here that know what they're doing. Maybe they get some more insight. Because next year apparently it's coming back, but overall it was some pretty good racing. Now you're you uh, you being a big Martin Truex Jr. fan, you're pretty happy about uh, the uh, uh, the truck race, right? right? No. Gosh, no, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't a fan of either outcome of them, but I thought there was some pretty good racing. Uh, no, it, it, the the truck the truck race was a was a one one groove, and you know some of the. Some of the dirt track ringers they got took out or didn't make the race because there was no qualifying. Uh, there were some, there were some pretty big wrecks in that. And it, yeah, I hope you got to catch it because it was actually pretty entertaining to watch. I'll tell you, on TV it looked very entertaining, but the the in car cameras were pretty much a wreck for uh, for us at home because uh, it was so bright you just couldn't see anything. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it got that way there. You know, when they would come out of the turn, you could see them really good in the turns, but that straightaway, man, it was just a cloud of dust, and you'd be covered in about two minutes. You'd shake yourself off and be covered right back. That's awesome. But uh, but uh, no, Bristol being able to bring it back, it it, it blew my mind that they're they're going to clean it off, uh, do the do the fall race on on the concrete slash asphalt, and then and then go back to dirt in the spring. Bruton Smith must just have money. That he, he just likes to throw away. He must do. Um, you know, maybe NASCAR stole some money at it with him. I don't know. But I have to say, I don't know if it was announced, if this was an actual thing. But from being there, uh, where they canceled the race uh, over the weekend and they held both races on Monday, uh, people who only had truck series tickets could get there at noon, but they could stay for all day. Um, 
I don't know the full attendance. I don't know if they ever announced it, but it had to be the biggest event that's coming. Really? I, I, I'm I thinking it had to be. There were uh, so many people there. I thought that was a great uh, gesture <laughs> by uh, by Bristol to say, you know what? Uh, if you're if you're if you're a big enough fan to stick it out till Monday, you're you're good enough to see the Cup Boys race it. And I I thought that was good. I thought honestly, when uh, uh, who was it? I, I know Larson got taken out with Larson. Was it Custer or I can't remember? No, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe yeah. and Kyle Larson got taken out at the same point. From that point, was it pretty much anybody's race? It, yeah, it kind of was. Even though uh, the new new team with Daniel Suarez, he led several laps, and that's impressive coming from like a a third third rate team. You know, that just showing that it was a little more skilled than what it was what they put into the car. I uh, I you know I'm not a Joey Logano fan, but uh, the way he was wheeling it off the corner and basically never coming out of the the gas, uh, I you got to respect him. He's not a dirt racer. Uh, but he figured it out toward the end, and and really was just too much. It was either him or Denny Hamlin, and uh, in, in that in those two cards, it's hard to pick. Uh, hard to pick either one of them. But uh, Joey Logano wheeled it to a victory. He did. The, the only thing is, if they'd probably been five more laps, I think Ricky Stenhouse would have won. He was he was he was coming there at the end, and that late caution kind of kind of hurt it. Hey, Ricky Stenhouse, he's uh, he figured out a uh, a little <clears throat> groove there at the end, but. Uh, I don't know. He just hasn't been the same since Danica. Right. You know. <laughs> His beard's a whole lot better. He's got some beard game going. I'll give him that. Yeah. I think he's maybe a mullet, mullet also. Hey, so. Uh, midlife crisis stuff going on. He's always mullet. He's always been kind of partial to the mullet. But, uh, guys, uh, another thing, Skeeter, what about today they approved the 17th regular season game for the NFL? What did you think about that? Well, uh to my understanding, uh, I think the extra game, it said Carolina got Houston, so I'm okay with that. Well, here's the deal. They're taking away one preseason game, and, and you know, Jeff and I were talking pre, pre-show. pre Is it a money grab? And I, I don't know that it's a money grab as much as it's a money hold on to. Uh, they, they didn't want to give up any of the, the opportunities to make money, so therefore, uh, instead of uh, giving up a preseason game, which maybe you get somebody to watch, you put a seventeenth or seventeenth game in the regular season, non-conference, a little cross divisional. Um, I right. think it's a, I think it's a win-win. You you see more football, it means something, and then uh, you, you know, like I said, less preseason. Have you went to a preseason game? Never. That's usually where you just go watch the starters for like one quarter, and the rest of the time you're trying to figure out who the backups are and <laughs> where they're going to be playing. I mean, and maybe seeing so, the guys for the only time because yeah, so, make a cut. I think the NFL are looking at from the standpoint of I, I heard Goodell saying he was hoping to have packed stadiums this year. They're trying to get a 17 game. They're wanting that money. They want the uh, revenue that's going to come in off the TV sales, also. And I mean, you know, alcohol sales, merchandise sales mean a whole lot more when you have a past, you know, 17th game instead of a preseason game and only half capacity. I can I can get with that. Well, you, th- yeah, you think uh, wasn't there a whole big old deal that they just signed and re up with was it CBS, NBC, uh, ESPN, and Amazon all gave like a buttload of money and like Amazon for one night a week is or one game a week is giving like I don't know 100 million dollars. I just wish. I mean, we're one night a week. I feel like we'd do it for half the money, wouldn't we? Yeah, 
half the money. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's crazy money. I, I feel like some of these companies started printing it a long time ago, and we just didn't know it. I, mean, I think that had a lot to do with that in the 17th game. Because the preseason games, uh, unless you've got NFL Network where they show them three days later, the preseason games really ain't televised. Right. Oh, no, you're right. And then if it is, they're really talking about, uh, you know, who all is visiting the game. Because it's a bunch of, you know, it's it's the guys who were late-round draft picks, free agents, or are probably not going to make the cut. They stay off the field as much as they stay on it. Right. You're absolutely right. Well, Josh, or as we, uh, we kind of uh, close up shop here, we've got about eight minutes to go till the top of the hour. Uh, final fours to be decided tonight uh, as far as Baylor and Houston have already punched their ticket. Uh, Gonzaga will play UCLA. And uh, and Michigan, no, yeah, and you close, you close. UCLA and Michigan play, and Gonzaga plays USC. USC. Who you got? Well, uh, Gonzaga's going to win the whole thing, so I'm going to go ahead and take Gonzaga to win that one. And UCLA. I will say you can't uh, you can't win it all if you don't win tonight. But uh, right. I appreciate you picking UCLA. I was the only one here that did. So uh, either I have influenced you in a poor way, or uh, I have finally picked a winner because Skeeter's look well, they, is a they lot really, better. Than I, mine. I watched the Alabama game like the last probably seven, eight minutes of it. What I got to catch, and they were just—I felt like they were stronger, faster, and more Alabama down. And uh, and you know what? Sometimes it's not uh, about being the best team for the year. It's about being the best team right now, and. Uh, between uh, UCLA's rebounding ability, their their never quit mantra, and the coach's dad fist pumping in the <laughs> in the crowd, I mean, you got to get behind them. That's yeah, you got a little bit, yeah. Absolutely, but but man, always fun talking to you. Uh, again, make sure you get behind the ears. That's where the dirt likes to to stick from the dirt race. And uh, oh yeah, three showers and I'm still find that. And glad uh, <laughs> glad that uh, you, you got us a got us a chance to call in. Get a, give us a call next week, and we'll see how how right we were, or maybe maybe on the other side of it. All right, guys, you just have a good and take care. Take care. All right, see you, man. See you. And again, Skeeter from Thornhill via Jefferson City or Dandridge. That's according to who you're talking to. Keep but we're uh, Carolina guys. Yeah, he is a Panther yeah. fan, but now no, he's he's a Tennessee boy. Well, he just yeah. likes the Panthers. Ah, the Panthers. Panthers. Uh, I, I'm no, I've never really got the understanding of why he likes the Panthers. It's just he does. He likes Christian McCaffrey. Who's a Cam Newton fan? Who knows? No, he's a Tennessee fan. I told you. <laughs> trying to think who? I don't know. I think he's a. I think he really is a McCaffrey fan. Like that kind of spurred the the full blown fandom. Like you can always kind of like from afar. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Kerry Collins from you know. Maybe not Kerry Collins. It might have been Jimmy Clausen. Musin Muhammad. Yeah, or that guy you got the jersey from. Tishmeen Biakabatuka. Yeah, that guy. Or that Aroma Shadu guy. I don't even think he played for the Panthers. I just like saying his <laughs> name. But, uh, but Chris, we have, uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about Bristol on dirt. We've talked about NCAA basketball. We've talked about uh, a, a plethora of of headline topics, talking about the draft, talking about different things. But we've about ran out of time. Five minutes till the top of the hour. The last thing we do uh, before we kind of get done is we have got to get our big-time swag pack winner. Chris is going to get the giveaway bucket, paint can, whatever you want to call it. 
and uh, he will do the honors of uh, do the popcorn thing. That's that's where it's at. Don't flip them out. That'd be bad. All right, so I told you you could pick the big winner, so you get to pick. And go. Yeah. All right, and oh man, we've got a we've got a cell phone number and everything. Angie Ruiz. Angie Ruiz is the is the winner. That might be Lewis, but it looks like Ruiz. What do you think? We're going to go with Ruiz or Revis, but uh, we're going to see if we can't get that that found and get her her grind swag pack full of a water bottle. Uh, it's going to have East Tennessee Beef Jerky Company. It's going to have Brothers Brim Beard Balm. Not sure that maybe her significant other could use. Uh, it's going to have some wristbands. It's going to have a grind magnet uh, and, again, ways to uh, to hook in and connect to the grind uh, here with some free stuff, which is, is good stuff that we give away each and every week. And, uh, again, got to be down here, got to be at the pub with us uh, to win. Um, but we sure like giving it away. But, uh, again, uh, Miss Miss Ruiz or Revis uh, has won here this final side. But, uh, again, want to wanna thank all our sponsors for making this happen. The Party Pub, of course, Miss Mr. Brad, Miss Lisa, always appreciate them allowing me to come down here. On Tuesday nights, which is after I get off, is ladies' night. Thursdays and Saturdays, they have dart tournaments. And Friday and Saturday, karaoke. Are they, okay, we've got, a, we've got a search committee out there looking it up. Chris came back uh, to help me close out. But, uh, again, check them out, MarivellePub.com, or give them a call, 865-984-4251, to get some of that good food uh, from the kitchen here at the pub. Uh, Donna Cry and Mortgage Investors Group here in Maryville. Check them out online, DonnaCry.com, or give them a call, 865-984-9948. Again, conventional, FHA, VA, THDA, or any other acronym for loans you can think of, Miss Donna can get you there and uh, and get you where you want to be. Uh, Tressa Leakwire with Realty Executives, honesty, integrity, and wants to work for you. From the kitchen table to the closing table, she can meet you anywhere in between. Give her a call. If you're in the real estate market and need to, to, a professional uh, to help you, 865-221-5610 or email at Tressa35, that's T-R-E-S-S-I-A 35 at gmail.com. Smoky Mountain Axe House, SmokyMountainAxe.com, Tim Fry, a veteran-owned and operated business, members of the World Axe Throwing League, and have uh, family packs that you can do uh, at your leisure. Again, great atmosphere great environment you can set up your uh, your plans there 865-268-5872 and then not last but not least j&j lawn services uh in in the lakeway area residential and commercial licensed and insured and we'll give you a free estimate give my buddy james butler a call 423-231-9955 a lot of good supporters but man it's uh, got to get them in because they uh, they help us uh, be able to do this each and every week. I like them all. Like them all. Like them all. I, J- James, uh, he is. He doesn't mow much in Maryville, but if he was down here, I'd, I'd get him to work for me. Good stuff. I need a good. I need a good uh, lawn mower. Might, might be. Might be your guy. You might get it done. But nonetheless, uh, man, thanks for uh, jumping on the camera. Normally the uh, the the engineering side of things, but. Uh, uh, hopefully your luck on camera, the computer worked from afar. That, that, that's good, but uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Brown, thank you for having me on. Well, you know what? Like the song says, all good things have to come to an end, and that's another show in the books.
But uh, thanks to the Party Pub again. We will check on out, but come back next week as uh, we'll have a national champion and we'll have more sports to talk about. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. Grind on.